All right, good morning, everybody. How you doing? Hey, let's thank the Lord one more time for the worship today and just a chance to be in God's house today. Thank you for being here. Hey, uh, I want to start off this morning with a question. If you were just meeting someone for the very first time, how would you describe yourself? Let's say you and I are going out to coffee. We've not really met before, so we get our drinks, we settle down at the table, and I say something like, well, man, it's great to meet you. Tell me about yourself. Uh, What would you say? You know, most people, when they introduce themselves, they talk about what they do, right? Well, so they would say, well, I'm uh, I'm an engineer, I'm a coach, I'm a teacher, I'm in sales, I'm a finance person, I'm a, I, I do this thing. Uh, they talk about what they do. Uh, sometimes people will tell about where they live. You know, I, I, I live in this area or I live somewhere else and I, I've just moved here or something like that. Sometimes people will talk about what they're into. Like, man, I, I love pickleball, you know, or I love, I'm into golf or I'm into hunting or I'm into you know, photography or whatever the thing is. Uh, all these types of things are ways that we kind of introduce ourselves. We, we identify with these things and they're all good, right? But the question is, who are you when you no longer do those things? When you no longer are in that job, then who are you? You know, I talk to athletes a lot of times, they're professional, and then they retire, and they're like, I don't even know who I am apart from playing this sport or doing this job. Uh, I I don't know who I am. When, When you no longer live in that place or you're no longer into those things, who are you then? See, these things are all kind of superficial, but really when you drive down into the core of who you are, Jesus offers us an invitation to a much more significant identity. And we're going to find that out this morning, okay? So if you got a Bible, I want you to open it up. If you didn't bring a Bible, there should be one in the rack in front of you. want everybody to get their Bible, open that thing up to Matthew chapter 4 is where we're going to be this morning. Matthew chapter 4 is where we're going to be. And uh, This is right at the very beginning of Jesus' ministry, and we're going to find him giving an invitation to some people that really invites him into a very significant change in their core identity, okay? Matthew 4, beginning of verse 18, and this is the word of God, amen? As he was walking along the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and his brother Andrew. And they were casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Follow me, he told them, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. And they were in a boat with Zebedee, their father, preparing their nets, and he called them. And immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Now, these guys had just wrapped up a a night shift on the Sea of Galilee, and they were fishing at night. The Sea of Galilee is a beautiful place. Uh, Actually, I think this footage was taken by one of our drones there a couple years ago. Uh, During the time of Jesus, if I could transport you back in time, in the time of Jesus, it was really the center of community. There's a lot of people there and commerce. And the Sea of Galilee was really all about the fishing industry. They were fishing at night. They were selling during the morning. 
uh, what they had caught the night before. And so these men are fishermen. We're told in verse 18, that's their identity. That's what they do. They were fishermen, but Jesus walks up to them and he says two words, follow me. In fact, this was Jesus' favorite invitation. I think of all the invitations Jesus gave, he loved this one, follow me, follow me, because he offered it multiple times to lots of different people, follow me. In fact, 24 times in the gospel, we hear Jesus saying this. And still today, Jesus gives us that invitation, follow me. Hey, you, follow me. You, follow me. To follow Jesus really is a disruptor in your normal life. I just wanted to go, go on out and tell you that, right? To choose to follow Jesus means things are gonna change. You can't stay the way you are and follow Jesus. And that's really what he was offering to these guys. These guys were fishermen. Their fathers have been fishermen before, their granddaddies before them. That was their identity and yet Jesus said, follow me and I'm gonna change your core identity. No longer are you gonna be known as fishermen, you're going to be known as followers. And that's really what it means to follow Jesus, to be a follower of Jesus Christ uh, becomes the core of your own identity. So let's go back to the coffee shop. You and I are sitting at the coffee shop. I say, hey, so tell me about yourself. What's the most important thing about you? And what if you said this, Craig, I'm really glad you asked that because let me tell you, the most important thing about me is I am a follower of Jesus Christ. Now, what would that mean? What does it mean to follow Jesus? This is really important because this is really the core of the Christian faith. What does it mean when somebody says, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ? So what I want to do today is I want to unpack that for you. And I'm going to give you four identifiers of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. If you're taking notes, I want you to jot these things down so you can think about them during the week, okay? Four things about what it means to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Number one is this. The first step to being a follower of Jesus is believing in Jesus. It means that you believe in Jesus, you know, this story kind of sounds odd, right? Like these guys are fishing, this strange guy walks by and says, follow me, right? And then they leave their job and follow him. I mean, who does that? That just seems weird. But what you don't understand by reading just Matthew, but if you pull back and you get Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all together and you kind of piece together a timeline, what you realize is that they met Jesus for the first time a year and a half earlier. Last week we saw the first invitation of Jesus was come and see. And for a year and a half, they've been doing that. They've been kind of hanging out with Jesus and fishing, hanging out with Jesus and fishing. But they've realized that this guy is very different than all other rabbis. They've certainly got that in mind. They saw Jesus do miracles, turning water to wine. They've seen Jesus talk about being the son of God that's come from heaven. They've, they've seen Jesus uh, talk about his identity as the Messiah. And so they realize now that Jesus is different. And so I believe what's happening here, when Jesus comes to them now, a year and a half later, it says, follow me. What Jesus is saying is, hey, it's time for a decision. You've been checking me out. You've been kicking the tires. But, but you'll never be a follower until you make a decision First, to believe in me. The first step in following Jesus is a step of faith. 
Now listen, some of you are right there. You're like, man, I, I grew up going to church and you know, I believe the Bible and I'm, I'm all for that. I believe in God. You know, I believe all that kind of thing. But you've never yet made a decision to follow Jesus. And so consequently, you're never really going to move forward because you're not really a follower yet. You're still kind of hung up on that very first step. You're really riding the fence. You know, there was a guy like this that Jesus encountered in John chapter 3. His name was Nicodemus. And Nicodemus heard some things about Jesus, but he wasn't fully, uh, wasn't fully committed yet, I guess you could say. He was kind of on the fence. And Jesus gave these now, we know, very popular words, very famous words, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. It's like you say, Nicodemus, you, man, you've got to take that first step of faith. You've got to believe in me. The very first sermon Jesus preached in Mark chapter 1 was repent and believe. I mean, he underscored it right from the very beginning. And then I love this in the very end of John chapter uh, 20, uh, John writes says, these things are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. So what you've got to do, the, the very first step is believing in Jesus. You go, well, Craig, what do you mean by believing in Jesus? I believe, I believe in Jesus. Well, not like believing like he existed, right? Not that kind of belief but to believe and to trust him. For example, you gotta believe that Jesus, what Jesus says about you. What Jesus says about you is that, man, we sinned against God, we've lost our way, we've gone, we've gone our own way, and that we're isolated from God, and we're separated from him without hope. That's what Jesus says about you. We gotta believe what Jesus says about himself, that, that he is the son of God that came from heaven, that he died on a cross for you and he rose again from the grave. And you're like, I believe that. I'm trusting in that. And then thirdly, you got to believe that forgiveness only comes through him. That you can't just kind of work your way into heaven. And if I just be a better dad, a better mom, if I can just do good stuff and try to outweigh my bad stuff. No, no, Jesus said none of that gets you there. You have to place your trust and faith in me. Believing in Jesus is believing those things. And that is really the beginning of your faith walk. That's the beginning of following Jesus. In fact, uh, believing in Jesus is really the starting line, not the finish line, okay? For example, uh, years ago, I, I ran uh, a marathon for the first time. I did a half, then I did a full. Now, if you've ever run a marathon before, you know that when you get queued up, uh, everyone's lined up behind the starting line, okay? There's a picture of all this crowd behind the starting line. And they put you in a position based on how fast you're gonna run. So the fast people are at the front. They put you in these things called corrals. Right? Now they put you in a corral. Now, the fast people are in the front of the line. The slow people are in the back of the line so they don't get run over by the fast people. And I was in the back corral, all right? I'm in the Clydesdale division, all right? So anyway, I'm in the back of the line. And so it's weird because we're in the back of the line and we're like, oh, we're gonna run this race. We've been training, we're so excited. And then bang, the gun goes off and nobody moves. At least not back where we are because all the fast people are moving first, right? And then eventually it kind of gets to you and so then you kind of start walking and then you kind of start jogging a little bit and then after a few minutes you finally get to the starting line. 
The race hadn't even started yet for you, right? Now, how weird would it be if I'm so excited, I'm back there in my corral with my slow people, and then I'm like, oh, here we go, here we go, and I'm just kind of walking, and then when I cross the starting line, I go, whoa, yeah, I'm out of here, I did it, right? And walk off like high-fiving. People say, crazy, man, dude, that was the starting line, that wasn't the finish line. But there are a lot of people that deal with God like that. They think, man, I, I, I prayed the prayer, man. I gave my life to Christ. And that's, that's awesome. That's necessary. You can't run the race without doing that first. But it's not the finish line. It's the starting line. You have a race to run. It makes sense. So the first thing you've got to do to be a follower of Jesus is to cross the starting line. And, and at the end of this message, I'm going to give you a chance to do that. Some of you have been kicking this can down the road. Some of you have been saying, oh, I just, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I'm not sure, I'm not sure. But Jesus would look at you and say, you got to decide. That's what follow me was all about. Okay. So the first thing that means to follow Jesus is to believe in Jesus. Second thing it means to follow Jesus, jot this down, is, is becoming like Jesus. Becoming like Jesus. He said, follow me and I will make you dot, 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 dot. In other words, this idea of make you means that something's going to change in you. I'm going to develop something in you. A good coach is able to take raw talent and transform it, uh, that talent, into a great athlete. A great teacher is able to take a student and transform that student to understand what they understand. A great rabbi would take a disciple and over the course of time transform them to be like them. And that's really why Jesus was saying, I want to I transform you. I want to change you on the inside. I remember when I was in college, uh, they, they, somebody told me that, that you, you need to be more and more like Jesus. And that was weird to me. I was like, what do you mean? I mean, he's Jesus and I'm just me. How can I be like Jesus? Like walking around in a robe, you know, and with sandals on. What, what does it mean to be like Jesus? And they're like, no, 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 Craig, you don't understand. It, it's like... The more you're walking with God, he's going to change you on the inside so that you think the way he thinks, that you act the way he acts, that you love the thing he loves and you hate the things he hates and, you, and you, you're passionate about the things he's passionate about. You're brokenhearted or things that he's brokenhearted about. And as you walk with God, he's going to start to change your attitudes and your action, your priorities inside of you. And over time, you're going to look more and more like Christ. And it was like for the first time, I really go, oh, okay, I get that. See, that's what happens to someone who follows Jesus. That they become more and more and more like him. Uh, is that happening in your life? Are you becoming more and more and more like Christ? You know, when you're a follower of somebody on Instagram... Uh, you're just kind of checking them out, right? You may like some things. You may share some things. I, I find uh, they're an influencer and you're kind of following them, but you don't know them and they don't know you and you certainly don't do everything they say. But it's different when you're a follower of Jesus. When you're a follower of Jesus, he's not an influencer. He's leader. He's ruler. He's in charge. He's not somebody you just are cool with. He's somebody you are, you are following after to become more and more and more like him. Jesus gave us an illustration of this that I think is really good. 
In John 10, 27, he said, my sheep, listen to my voice. I know them, get this, and they follow me. We're talking about following Jesus. And he said, it's like a sheep and a shepherd. You know, sheep, their ears are tuned to the voice of their shepherd. They don't listen to anybody else's voice. Somebody else says, here, little sheep, sheep. No, they're not going, man. They're just, oh, I don't know you. They only know the voice of their shepherd. And when the shepherd takes off, they take off. And they follow the direction he's going. And Jesus said, that's what it's like with somebody who belongs to me. They're listening for my voice and they're following my lead and they're becoming more and more like me. Is that happening with you? Are you following Jesus, becoming more like him? You know, I've discovered something in Christian circles that I just, I don't fully understand. Maybe somebody after the service is gonna explain this to me because I don't fully comprehend it. But I'll run across quite frequently people that will say, I'll say, are you a follower of Jesus? I go, oh yeah, man, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. But then they'll turn around and tell me something that they're into right now that is totally not where Jesus is leading them, right? They're in a relationship that's not honoring to God. They're doing some things that they shouldn't be doing. They're online with some things they shouldn't be doing. And they know that it's wrong, but they tell you they're following Jesus. I'm not, if you're following Jesus and he's not leading there, then how can you say you're following Jesus? Are you with me? How does that work? I mean, Jesus says, hey, I want you to forgive that person. You're harboring bitterness, what they did to me, maybe 10 years ago or 20 years ago, and you're still hung up on that. And Jesus is like, man, I'm telling you to forgive, but you're not following him in forgiveness. Jesus is telling you, man, to love your enemies, and you're, you're still hating on them. That's not following Jesus. Jesus says, hey man, put away that area of sin in your life that you're so entangled with and follow me and yet you're still hanging out in it and you're not breaking from it and you're just still somehow in your mind saying, I can follow Jesus and still live like this and you're not following him. See what I'm saying? To follow Jesus, like I said, it's a disruptor. That means I'm I'm gonna leave some things behind. I'm gonna allow him to change me on the inside. If, if you're following Jesus, then somebody's going to eventually look at you and go, man, you're just different, man. You're just not like you used to be. <laughs> I knew you a long time ago, and now I know you now. I mean, there's some, I don't know what it is, but something's different because you have changed. And that's what it means to follow Jesus. Now, let me just encourage you here that, that this change doesn't happen overnight. I mean, I remember as a young Christian, I was like, man, I, I just hope I go to bed one night like the old Craig and I wake up the new Craig and whoo, there it is. Wouldn't that be awesome? But it doesn't work that way. It's a day by day walking with Jesus, choosing to, to please him, choosing to obey him and letting him change me on the inside, giving me new attitudes, new desires, new thoughts, new dreams. That's what Jesus will do. And if you walk with Jesus over time, he will change you. He will change you. You cannot be the same and follow Jesus. So what does it mean to follow Jesus? Number one, it means to believe in Jesus. In fact, next Sunday, we're going to have a a baptism service. We're going to baptize a lot of people next Sunday. Every one of those cross that that starting line, right? And they're they're making it public through their baptism. It means to believe in Jesus. Number two, it means to become more and more like Jesus. Let me give you a third one. Here it is. It means to buy into the mission of Jesus. To buy into the mission of Jesus. Jesus said, follow me, all right, cross the starting line, 
and I will make you, I'm going to transform you on the inside to be fishers of people. Some versions say fishers of men. What does that mean? That's mission. I'm going to buy, I'm calling you to buy in, not just into me, but to my new mission and purpose I have for your life. That's what Jesus was calling them to on the shores of Galilee. You know, just this week, I had a good picture of what buy-in looks like. I went up to New York City and I was with, I spent some time with our church planting team up there, took them out to eat, uh, see how they're doing, Uh, met with some other people up there. But in the the evening, I went to City Field in in Queens uh, to a Mets-Cubs game. All right, my daughter is a Mets fan. I'm a Cubs fan, so it was a heated battle, all right? And uh, we both had our hats on and we were going for it. And we get to City Field. Now, City Field is a beautiful, beautiful ballpark. And if you've ever been there, you walk in the front of it and there's a major rotunda that is dedicated to Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson, that legendary baseball player back in the 1940s that really broke broke the the race barrier uh, in Major League Baseball. And uh, around the the rotunda, there are character qualities of Jackie, like integrity and courage and commitment, things like that. But there is in the center of it, his number, 42. And you you can get your picture made with that. But also, right in front of the number, there are some footprints. Can you see that in this picture? Can you see the footprints there? Those are actually kind of a mold of his actual footprints. So the cool thing is you can, you can stand in his footprints. So I did that. You know, I got in there and I put my footprints in there. And then as you look up from where you're standing against the wall across from you, there is inscribed a quote from Jackie Robinson. And this is the quote, a life is not important except in the impact it has on other lives. In other words, what Jackie was saying is this, listen, your life is only important in the way that it impacts other people. Now, go back with me to Galilee. When Jesus said, follow me, did you know that the actual Greek word, follow me, is akolotheo. Try that out. Just go ahead and share that with somebody this week. They'll think you're so smart, all right? That's the Greek word for follow me. And you know what it literally means? To put your feet in my footprints. And if you put your feet in the footprints of Jesus as a follower and look up, what you see inscribed is the mission. It's recorded in Matthew 28. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you, and I'm with you always to the end of the, of the world. That's, that's the mission. That's what Jesus was calling them to. Jesus was saying, hey guys, you've been given your whole identity to doing this thing, catching fish, but I've got a greater identity for you. And that is not uh, catching fish, but changing lives. And that is the mission of every follower of Jesus. Listen, somebody that's a follower of Jesus, not only can they tell you when they cross the faith line, not only can they tell you how God's changing them and growing them, but they're fired up about the mission. 
They're like, man, I'm just trying to share the gospel with this coworker. And man, I want to be a part of that church plant. And we're getting out in our community. And we're serving our community. Why do we do that? Because we're followers of Jesus Christ. We bought in to the mission. Now, let me just say, if you buy into the mission, it's going to be hard. All right? Let me just put a little warning label on this. If you buy into the mission, it's going to be a challenge. Not everybody's going to give you a standing ovation. Woo! Because you're fired up about Jesus. Some of your friends may go, man, what happened to you? Man, you're weird. You're one of those Jesus freak people now. What happened to you? Uh, because you may even get some opposition because you're on mission now. Jesus faced opposition. I think about Jackie Robinson. Man, think of all the opposition that he faced to fulfill the mission God had for him. Listen, you'll face opposition as well. Things will be difficult. In fact, there was one guy that came up to Jesus one time. He goes, Jesus, man, I am bought into the mission, man. I want to be a follower. I'm fired up. I'm ready to go. Let's go, team Jesus. Let's go. And, and if it were me, if that guy were coming to me, I'd be saying, all right. Man, we got, a, we got a good one here. Let's put him in charge of something, right? Let's get him involved over here. Let's get him involved over here. Jesus didn't do that. You know what he did? He did something that no preacher would ever do, right? He made him question whether he was willing to pay the price. He said, you know what? I, let me just, before you jump in here, I mean, I'm glad you're all excited, but you know this, that like foxes got holes in the ground where they stay and birds have nests where they stay, but I'm homeless. Are you up for that? Are you really up for that? Are you willing to pay the price? It will cost you to follow Jesus. It'll cost you to live fully bought in for the mission. But when you put your feet in Jesus' footprints and look forward, that's what he's calling you to. So is that you? Are you bought into the mission, really? What does it mean to follow Jesus? Believing in Jesus. It means becoming more and more like Jesus. It means putting your feet in his footprints and, and buying into the mission. But let me give you one more that really has moved my heart this week more than any of these, and that is belonging to Jesus. When you are a follower of Jesus, you belong to him. When Jesus said, follow me, and I'll make you fishers of men, he was inviting them into a relationship. Guys, your identity is no longer in what you do. Your identity is in your relationship with me. And he was inviting them to say, hey, put me first. Walk with me. Know me deeply, personally, intimately. You know, when I was a kid, we used to sing a hymn. And to be quite honest with you, it wasn't my favorite hymn. And the meaning of the hymn was really lost to me as a young kid. But as I've gotten older, it has deeper meaning. Let me see if you remember the lyrics of this old hymn. Jesus, my Lord, will love me forever. From him no power of evil can sever. He gave his life to ransom my soul. Now I belong to him. Now I belong to Jesus, and Jesus belongs to me. Not for the years of time alone, but for eternity. See, 
What Jesus is calling you to, to be a follower, is not just some transactional thing. It's to a personal, intimate walk with him, that your life is consumed in knowing him. And these guys, when they dropped their nets and they followed Jesus, they were making a decision. Jesus, we're no longer going to kick the tires on this thing. We're not only going to be back and forth and on the fence. Jesus, we're going to follow you. I want to know you. I want to walk with you. I want to please you. When my first waking thought when I wake up in the morning is I want to just be, God, I love you and I'm thankful for you. God, I want to please you today. My last thought when I put my head on the pillow at night, Lord, I love you and thank you so much for, for using me today. God, I want to know you so that when I step out of this world and the next breath into eternity, it's, not, it's like Jesus and we've been walking together my whole life. That's what I want. That's what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Now, whenever couples are dating, I think you know, young couples, usually you know, in their 20s or so, they'll get to a point where they have to have a conversation which they call the DTR. Y'all know what the DTR is? It's a scary thing, usually for the guys, they don't wanna have the DTR, all right? They're afraid of the DTR. <laughs> In fact, they'd rather face the IRS than the DTR, okay? But the DTR is important. The DTR stands for define the relationship. Where are we going? And usually it goes down something like this. Okay, we've got to define the relationship. Are we just dating? Are we going somewhere? Are we going to get married? Are, you know, where, where are we headed? You know, what kind of commitment do we have? You can't really have a relationship and go anywhere unless you have the DTR. So now let me take you back to the coffee shop. Except this time you're not sitting at the table with me. This time Jesus walks in the door and he pulls up a seat across the table from you. And he says, it's time to define the relationship. And he looks across the table, locks eyes with you and he asks you this question. Are you following me? How would you respond to that? Have you crossed the starting line of placing your faith in me? Are you letting me lead your life and change you? Are you really bought into the mission? And are you, are you enjoying the fact that I belong to you and you belong to me? See, on that day, these guys dropped their nets and they made a decision to follow Jesus. And that decision changed their life. And today, you get to make that same decision. To be a follower of Jesus. I want you to bow your heads with me for just a minute. Maybe you're here today and you are on the fence. You're not really sure if you're a follower. The first step is to cross the starting line and to place your faith in Jesus Christ. And so I'm gonna give you an opportunity to do that right now. Just with your heads bowed, nobody looking around. Maybe today, right now, as I've been speaking, the Spirit of God has been saying, that's you. You've been kicking this can down the road. You're on the fence. You've gotta make a decision. Just like Jesus, we're standing in front of you saying, follow me. Are you willing to say yes? His hand extended to you right now. Are you willing to say yes? 
So if you're here today and you say, I want to follow Jesus Christ. I want to give my life to him. I want to cross that starting line of faith. I want to know Jesus. I don't want to keep kicking this can around. I, I want to really know him. I want to start my journey. I want to be a follower of Jesus Christ. Then with your heads bowed, I want you to just lift up your hand. I'm not going to call you out in any way, but I'll see your hand and I'll lead you in a simple prayer of faith right where you're seated to say yes to Jesus. All right, thank you. Who else? Lift up your hand. God's moving in my heart. God's touching my heart. I want to follow you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Lift up your hand. I want to follow Jesus. I want to know him. I want to give my life to him. All right. Anybody else? Lift up your hand right now. God's moving in your heart. Pastor, pray for me. I need Christ. I want to give my life to Jesus today. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. Anybody else? One last minute. Don't wait. Don't delay. God's moving in your heart. Lift up your hand right now. Okay. All right, you can put your hand down. Just right where you are, just pray this simple prayer with me. Dear Lord, I know I've sinned against you. I know I've gone my own way. But I believe you died on a cross for me. I believe you rose again from the dead. I believe you're the only one that can save me. So I'm asking you, please forgive me. Please make me new on the inside. And Jesus, today I turn from my sin. And I choose to follow you all the days of my life. Thank you for loving me. Father, I thank you for your word today, how relevant it is. Lord, we, we want to know you, God. We want to follow you, Lord Jesus. We want to be known as followers of Jesus Christ. As we go back to school, as we go back to work, as we go back to college or whatever we're doing, Lord, we want to be followers of Jesus first and foremost. Lord, make us more and more like you. Lord, keep us focused on your mission. Lord, help us delight in you, that you belong to us and we belong to you. Lord, use us in this school year in a way that honors your name. Lord, we love you and we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.